Clippers Daily with Jason Mertides. A week in the rear view, and here's episode seven of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Enjoy. That's right, and welcome to Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. This is episode number seven. We're through the first week of Flyers Daily, and thank you everybody for listening and uh, subscribing and leaving us ratings and leaving us reviews. We appreciate it greatly. Tonight is going to kind of be a weekend review. Now, you're probably hearing this on Monday morning, but I'm actually recording it Sunday night after the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid and the Chiefs get the Super Bowl win, so congratulations to... Big Red and to the Kansas City Chiefs. Enjoy your Super Bowl. Have a good time and uh, be safe. But nonetheless, the Flyers kind of week in review right here. And we're going to get to a bunch of Twitter questions. I sent out a tweet yesterday, and you can hit me on Twitter at Jason Mert. We're going to get to a bunch of Twitter questions on this episode as well. But just looking at the past week real quick before we move forward, sometimes it's important to look where you've just been to see where you might go. Um, and we're going to give an update on the standings as well. Now, the week was kind of uh, frankly, it was kind of lame because the Flyers were still in the bye week coming out of the All-Star break, and they didn't play until Friday. So there's not a lot of action, not a lot of games in here. But they did play two games. Pittsburgh, they lost on Friday night 4-3 in overtime on Sidney Crosby's OT winner. Uh, about 55 seconds in, I believe, if my memory serves me right. And Colorado um, at the Wells Fargo Center on Saturday night. Uh, behind great goaltending, by the way, from Alex Lyon. He was tremendous in the game. Really good early and kept the Flyers in it. And the Flyers end up doubling up the Colorado Avalanche 6-3 to in that game. And they'll be back in action coming up uh, tomorrow. Or they'll be back in action coming up tonight in Detroit when they take on the Red Wings. Then a couple of days off. And they'll get the New Jersey Devils at the Wells Fargo Center on Thursday. And then they'll wrap up the week, if you will. Uh, on Saturday in Washington, a 7 o'clock puck drop in D.C. against the Caps, who, of course, lead the Metropolitan Division, the Eastern Conference, and the entire NHL. So where does the the couple of games that they have since they've been back leave the Flyers? Now, when we last spoke on Episode 6, the Flyers were in a playoff position, but things can change, things do change, and things will continue to change a lot of times between now and the end of this season. 30 more games for the Flyers to go. They'll end up the regular season on October 4th. On Sunday, a, cu- a couple of games uh, of note, uh, the Penguins ended up beating the Capitals in D.C. 4-3 to the score there. Um, the Blue Jackets got a win over the Canadians 4-3. to So the Blue Jackets, who were out of the playoffs when we last spoke, are now back in the playoffs. And as a matter of fact, the third spot in the Metropolitan Division, if my memory serves correct. And the other problem here is Blue Jackets get a win and the Hurricanes get a win. They're the two teams that were on the outside yesterday looking in. But when you look at the standings now, both of those teams are back in the mix. Now, the wild card standings right now in the Eastern Conference, Flyers were wild card number two when I went to bed last night. They wake up today as the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. Toronto got a win yesterday as well over Ottawa. They jumped up to the third spot in the Atlantic Division, um, and it bumped the Florida Panthers down to the 10th spot now and out of the playoffs. So the Panthers went from third in the Atlantic, 
to now not even a wild card team and on the outside looking in. Now they got a couple games in hand. They've only played 50 and they've got 61 points. Flyers have 63 points, as do the Carolina Hurricanes. Each the Hurricanes and the Flyers have each played 52 games. The Islanders also have two games in hand and 64 points. But Columbus now all of a sudden through 53 games has 65 points and they've vaulted themselves all the way up to the third spot in the Metropolitan Division. I don't know that that team, they're 8-1-1 in their last 10. They've been unbelievable for 20 games now. I just don't buy that they can sustain it. Maybe I'm wrong on Columbus. I just don't see the talent there. I think the goalie, Elvis Merzlikens, has just got just riding a tremendous hot streak, and John Tortorella's got that team going. I'll believe it when I see it, that if they can sustain, they can't obviously sustain this level of winning. But they've been tremendous, and they put themselves in a really, really good position. And all of a sudden, the Pens with that win today over the Capitals on the road are starting to knock on the Caps door as well for the top record in the, well, frankly, in all of the NHL. The Pens have 71 points. Now, mind you, they lost Sidney Crosby for, I think, 28 games. They lost Malkin for a period of time. They lost Latang for a period of time. They're down Gensel which for already what's been a while and it's going to be through the rest of this season. Matt Murray hasn't been good, but Tristan Jari's been great. And all of a sudden, that team's got 71 points through 52 games. Boy, it defies logic. And you, uh, Look, you got a tip of the cap to Mike Sullivan. He's done a tremendous job with that team. So how this plays out, Flyers, with what you would deem as, quote, inferior opponents with Detroit, who I talked about, about this on the last episode. Um, they're not bad. They suck. 28 points right now through 53 games. Horrible. And then you get the New Jersey Devils on Thursday at home. Flyers got to win both those games. It's, it's just plain and simple, and it is that simple. So we'll see if they're able to accomplish that. Um, but that's where things stand after Sunday's action, and another NHL week will begin tomorrow. Now, a lot of Flyers uh, questions came in uh, to my Twitter handle, at Jason Mert, and I'm going to just buzz through all of these, as a matter of fact, on this edition of Flyers Daily. Um uh, we'll start off with Tim Tobin at Tobinator on Twitter. He tweets off, and he's a good dude. Uh, it says, with the way the defense is playing, do you put 53 back in the lineup right now? 53, for those that don't know, is Shane Goss' bear. He did get back on the ice last Thursday when the team returned, along with uh, Michael Raffle. Raffle did get back in the lineup. Shane Goss' bear has not yet. Now, I don't know if he's cleared to play yet um, or how close he is. We'll probably get an update early this week from Chuck Fletcher. Um, but do I put him back in the lineup? Okay, so let's look at that. If you put him back in the lineup, who do you take out of the lineup? Now, that's the big question for me. And when I look at the way the team is playing right now, especially defensively, not defensively, when I use that word defensively, I, that's more a term of team defense. But when the team is playing good team defense and the defense are part of that, a big part of that, obviously, I tend not to mess with the lineup. So I don't know that I rush him back in there right away. It's just not something I'm looking to do if I am uh, if I'm the Flyers and Elaine Vigneault. So how they handle this will be real interesting. you got to consider the deadline is coming up. Should they want to move Shane Gossespierre or somebody else? I don't know. Um, but right now, I would have a hard time putting him back into the lineup. I mean, maybe you look at the New Jersey game, give him a few more days. Not a real, you know demanding opponent in the New Jersey Devils, even though it's a division game. But here's how, where I'm concerned. I go, all right, am I taking out Justin Braun? No. I need a veteran in there. I'm good with that. Am I taking out Matt Niskanen? No. 
He's my second best defenseman. He's paired with Provorov. There's no way I'm taking him out. Am I taking out Provorov? Oh, hell no. Uh, am I taking out Robert Hag? Mm, that would be maybe the one I would consider, but I wouldn't do it right now. And I'm not taking out Travis Sanheim, and I'm not taking off Phil Myers. So, I mean, if I'm taking out Hag, I'm putting in Myers. So, I, I don't know how he's going to get back in the lineup. Uh, I don't know how this is going to play out. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out because all of a sudden the Flyers have a glut of D-men. That's a guy I really like with the Phantoms, Mark Friedman. So we'll see how it plays out. So, Tim, I hope that answers your question. I know I just said a lot of shit, but I don't know if any of it actually answered your question. Uh, Lynch Mob tweets in. He goes, the way the Flyers have played against the top teams in the NHL making the playoffs could mean a crazy Cinderella story. Right, Jason? Well, I'm not ready to go there yet, Lynch Mob, because we're still... <laughs> We're still basically nine weeks out from the playoffs, and we've seen teams get hot in February, and you know they kind of spill their bucket early, and then they can't get back to a high level of play in time for the playoffs. So I'd rather answer that question two weeks away from the playoffs. A, you got to be in position to make it, and then it's how you're playing when you go into the playoffs, and it's are, are you healthy? It's how you're playing, and are you getting good goaltending and timely scoring and depth scoring. Uh, if you're getting those things, you can go into the playoffs. That's what it takes to go on a run. You're not going to go on a run without depth scoring. You're not going to go on a run with not with terrible goaltending. You're not going to go on a run unless you're relatively healthy, and you got to be playing well. It's sometimes it's not even it's you got to be playing well at that point in the season. There's points in the season where really good teams just don't play well. If that happens to be when the first round of the playoffs, Tampa last year. It's over, Johnny. They got swept out by by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Why is that? Because their intensity level wasn't real high because they had 128 points in the regular season, and they basically wrapped everything up by March. Now, the Flyers aren't going to do that, but you got you to be playing well when the playoffs start. So I, I can't answer that question now, so uh, I'll plead the fifth, although I just answered it anyway. Uh, Gert B. Frobe uh, tweets in and says, I don't understand the Martinez thing. If Lyon were older and bald, he would definitely deserve the backup role. Okay, I don't know what that means, but um, obviously I didn't pre-read that tweet. And But but thanks for the tweet, Kurt. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Christopher Mahar's tweet. He says, he hashtags at Oscar Strong as well, and we all are Oscar Strong. Uh, what do you think the Flyers will do with the deadline, and who gets moved? And this is the question that we get the most, that I've been answering the most as well. As far as what they will do with the deadline, this is an interesting scenario because they don't have a lot of flexibility from a cap standpoint. And I was listening to Brian Burke last week, former general manager of Anaheim, Calgary, and of course, Toronto, been around the league for a long time. He thinks this trade deadline is going to be a dud because all the teams that need help are capped out. Flyers are one of those teams as well. They don't have a lot of cap room. And if, you know, the trade deadline time, and he called it this the silly season. And I, I call it the same thing because it's, you overpay for whatever you're going to get. And I'm not a believer that what you add at the trade deadline necessarily helps you. I'm actually a kind of a believer that a lot of times what you acquire at the deadline can hurt you. When a team's playing really well and charging towards the playoffs, and you, whether it's a high-end player or a mid-level player, a mid-level player, say a bottom six forward, has less of a chance of disrupting a team to me than a Taylor Hall. Look what's happened with the Coyotes since Taylor Hall went there. Now, it's not all on him, and it's not his fault. He's playing well, but the team's not the same. Now, I know they lost Darcy Kemper, but I'm not a big believer that you go out and you go crazy and you overpay 
to get a, a star player rental. I just don't I don't think it's the right thing to do. Um, as far as what they'll do, uh, I think it still depends on Nolan Patrick. So depending on what happens with Nolan Patrick, and ultimately we'll really know how Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers feel about the chance of Nolan Patrick returning by their actions between now and the deadline. Um, uh, Patrick McDonald tweets in and says, when things can't come, can we ride Hart on a run? So can they ride Carter Hart for a playoff run? That's a really good question. I mean, it's, it's an impossible one for me to answer. Is he the pedigree that can handle that? Absolutely. Is he a kid that can get hot and go on a long run? Absolutely. I think any goalie can get hot and go on a long run because we've seen it. I mean, go back to years back when Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar for Ottawa, went on a huge run. I mean, he just was playing unbelievable, um, but he couldn't sustain it. Now, he wasn't a high pedigree prospect goaltender, but still, goalies can go on a run. Um, but it's hard for me to determine that yet because – Hard is yet to get into a playoff situation at the NHL level. so But certainly he has the skill set. He has the mindset, which is even more important. He's worked with John Stevenson, his mental coach um, and sports psychologist, since, the, since he was 12 or 13 years old. This kid's more prepared for those kind of um, ebbs and flows of a playoff run in the NHL than any other 21-year-old that I've ever heard of, met, or anything. Um Taylor tweets in and says, can Scott Lawton be the X factor from the lower line? So I guess meeting the bottom six forwards, uh, he's a big factor. I don't know if he's the X factor. Um, And it depends on how these lines are kind of played out. If James Van Riemsdyk is on your third line and he's considered a, quote, bottom six forward, he's your X factor. To me, he's playing really well right now. Um, he's He's been a lot better all season in all zones defensively. Now, the Flyers aren't paying him to be good defensively. I get it. Um, but he's also been a much better playmaker lately. There was one game a couple weeks ago where he had two great assists to Travis Konechny in the game against Colorado, another tremendous patient assist that he had to Kevin Hayes with four and a half seconds left in the first period on the power play. Uh, and he can he's still got great hands. He can score, and he'll score. When he scores, he scores in bunches, and it seems like he's getting confident right now. Well, the other thing that is interesting about JVR to me is that he looks like um, he's playing a little with a little more physicality, and he seems to be having fun doing it. And I think it's creating a little bit more space from him. I've asked him about it, and he kind of laughs about it. But uh, I, I think he, I think that is the case. I don't know if other people agree with that or not. You can tweet it and let me know. Um, Schmuck Fletcher tweets in and says, "Is this uh, new podcast on Podbean?" You know, Schmuck, I really have no idea. <laughs> um, search it on Podbean. If it's there, then. It is. If it's not, then it's probably not. Um, and then he says, how awesome is it that you work for the Flyers and we get to hear you more now? He said, I'll answer. Amazing. Keep it up. Well, I appreciate that. And um, I'm very blessed. I'm very lucky. Um, and I've never worked a day in my life uh, doing this kind of business. Um, Son of the Tree tweets in. He goes, two things. Nice pun. And can I have a shout out by you saying Martinez, not Martinez, when you introduce yourself? Well, there's your shout out. Um I never said Martinez on this podcast, so I don't know what he means. Um, uh, FL Eric, Flyers Eric tweets in and he says, hey, do you think that the that Braun gets re-signed by the Flyers maybe for a two-year deal? Um, my answer to that is no, I don't think so. I think they have too many young defensemen, and they're progressing nicely, and it also depends on if they do deal with defensemen at the deadline here or not. Um, N.R. Garrett says, "The fi- my firing. Okay, cool. Yeah, my firing from... Uh, from the radio station may be the best thing to ever happen to me. I should probably I should probably proofread these before I do this. Um, 
He goes, now you get to do hockey 24-7, 365. You just be in heaven. Well, I did uh, hockey 24-7, 365 all the time anyway. I didn't give a crap. Um, but thank you for the nice note. CJ Reese says, what kind of trade value does 53 have? Ooh, that's a good question. Coming off an injury, not having a great year, not having a great couple of years. Um, it's not high. I can tell you that. It's definitely not high. Um, oh, my boy Isaiah from... Uh, ONB podcast, uh, great podcast, uh, another Fly- Flyers podcast out there. He says, do the Flyers want Kapanen? Uh, I'll answer the first part. Yes. And do they have a ghost of a chance of getting him? Um, I think they have a chance to get him, but I think any deal that involves Shane Gostaspera probably is more likely a draft day deal or an off-season hockey trade. Um, so I don't know that they'd be able to pry Kapanen away right now. So... But I'd be interested. I would absolutely be interested. I like Kapanen a lot. And he hasn't exactly filled it, fit in well with Sheldon Keefe up in Toronto. Um, Joe Mann tweets in and goes, Do you think Fletcher has enough confidence in this team to deal future assets to make a run this year? Well, if he's going to make a deal, he's going to have to include a future asset to get a deal done because part of it's going to have to be sending money out because whatever kind of money he acquires in a trade, he has to give up equal to or more the other way. And the only way to get to do that is to go to a team like Anaheim, dump a salary or trade a player and also an asset so you can make that a landing spot for some money that you don't want to keep. Uh, And last question, Mark Wilk says, no question, just happy as shit that you're back on the air. Okay, well, that's cool. Hey, by the way, too, speaking of being back on the air, uh, we have a Flyers, Fanatic Flyers weekly show coming up on Tuesday from 6 to 7, live on 97.5. The Fanatic, myself, and Bundy will be doing the show. Uh, Bill Meltzer will be checking in as well. Um, I'm not sure if Brian Smith's doing the show or not, but nonetheless, check it out, 6 to 7, uh, coming up on 97.5 on Tuesday evening. And, of course, the Flyers back in action coming up with the Detroit Red Wings live from Detroit and what they used to call Hockey Town. All right, everybody, that was Episode 7. A little week recap for you. Check out uh, Episode 8 coming out tomorrow. Enjoy your hockey uh, coming up uh, tonight. Of course, Flyers and Red Wings. We'll give you a full recap and more. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your hockey.